I'm Stu Whiffin. And I'm Adam Richardson. And not only are we the editors of Pod Bible Magazine, we're also your hosts for the Pod Bible Podcast. The podcast podcast where podcasters talk to podcasters about podcasts and podcasting. It doesn't get more meta than that, right? Hello and welcome to episode four of the Pod Bible Podcast. How are we at episode four already? It's been four weeks since the first episode. That's exactly why that voice is Adam Richardson and I'm Stu Whiffin. Hello. And alongside Mr. Scroobius Pip, we are your hosts of the Pod Bible Podcast. What have we got coming up today? Today we have some wonderful guests. As per usual, we have three podcasters on. The first one is going to be talking about their show and then we've got two recommendations coming up for you. And to start us off, we have a heavyweight of the podcasting world because we have Cariad Lloyd talking about Griefcast. Myself and Scroobius Pip met up with Cariad at the Underbelly Podcast Festival. Uh, obviously, Cariad is the host of the amazing Griefcast, and she pops by just to tell us a little bit about it. Please enjoy it. Right, so we are here at the Underbelly Podcast Live Festival and we're talking to Carrie Lloyd of, of, of the Griefcast. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm tired. I'm tired. My Oh, sorry, my bag is fine. That's, I that's got fine. up at half five. Well, I didn't get my daughter got up at half five. So Yeah. So yeah, I, but apart from that, I'm fine. But like all parents with a small child, all I can say is I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> that's is, my, I can't not say it. Is it kind of with, obviously you do the Griefcast Live but you also do improv shows and a lot of different live yeah, things. Yeah. Is it kind of typical that the worst nights are always <laughs> going to be the ones before you've got a late night gig no, going on at 9.15? I would describe all nights <laughs> as the worst nights. So it's fine. Yeah, I do have Greek Cross Live tonight. But because I gig quite sporadically, I guess, at the moment. Well, that's not true. You know what comics are like? You're like, actually, I do about two. It's only two a week. It's only two yeah. a week. But yeah, there's no, she has no interest in what my gigs are. She'll just wake up when she feels like waking up. That's it. My friend, Jim Smallman, has, has, has retired oh, yeah. from comedy four or five times. Yeah, every time I'll see, I'm just doing a couple of gigs. It's yeah, like, yeah, I've stopped now. Like, I've stopped do... gigging, but I'm just doing a few. Well, because I do improv as well. That's yes. like the... Um, you know when someone like someone takes loads of drugs, but then they just go, they just smoke fags for a bit. So that's what I feel like. It's like I just smoke fags for a bit. Like I, I the improv never stops ever. Yeah. It didn't even stop when I was massively pregnant after I'd had her. I just because I'm in ostentatious, which yeah. is um, we're on like once a week at the moment at the Fortune yeah. Theatre. So that's just ongoing, and then we're touring. So that's just constant. Basically, does it kind of have to be because improv feels like something that you've got to keep sharp on yeah that's true that's true yeah you don't I mean to keep good we used to do once a month now we do once a week but you definitely feel it it's a bit like playing an instrument you definitely feel it if you haven't done it for like a couple of weeks you definitely your brain is just like and I would just got like honestly 0.5% slower but you just notice that like oh they you see the other improvisers getting a little bit quicker and you think oh my brain is not or if you're really tired the same thing happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) So being a, a performer, was it a natural thing to do, Carrie, when you started the podcast? I think, right, I'm going to do live shows with this. Well, uh, no, no, not at all. Because the show, because Griefcast, um, say if you haven't listened, is about death. <laughs> and I interview comedians about death. So I was actually jealous of other shows because I was like, oh, I can't do a live one. Like, I can't do... Because my when I do the normal show, it's like a very intimate one-on-one interview. Yeah. And I thought I was at MacFest, you know, MacFest is an amazing festival yeah. in Wales. And they, I was there doing ostentatious and they said, why don't you do something with Griefcast? And I was like, oh, I'll just try it. And I'll just, in- so I really thought this isn't going to work, talking to comedians about death in front of an audience because they'll feel like they have to be 
serious and polite in the audience, but they, they weren't. Everyone just started joking about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. So when I do the live one, I have three comedians and it's, we basically plan their funerals. So it's, yeah, it's, and that is, I say to people, that's the light version. Oh, wow. <laughs> like planning someone's funeral who's alive is not as intense as what the normal show is. Yeah, you yeah. see, this is, is music to my ears because I was, I was massively drawn to Griefcast um, oh, because in my, in my um, music career, I'd off, as soon as I started to get an audience, I'd have reviews all saying it's quite morbid, it's yes, quite heavy. It's true, and I'd stuff, just grown yeah, up yeah. talking about death. My yeah. mum had always been very open and my nan in particular whenever she went on holiday she'd let us know where the will is where to go if they die on the plane and my mum would be like you're going on holiday can you that is a woman after my own heart be prepared but it was it it was a lack of awareness that that scene is morbid and grief cast is perfect for that because from the outside you might think oh this is going to be heavy or I need I like you know them TV shows that you need to put on at the right yeah the the right time that's what I know a lot of people say that to me about Griefcast like oh I can't face it but it it kind of isn't it it always comes out as a really nice warm conversation it it, it, obviously is a heavy subject but the way you approach it and the way your guests tend to be open about it it doesn't feel like oh you need to be in the right mood it's it's yeah i think that's the problem i think because death is people are so afraid of death so when they hear a podcast about death they just go oh no no thank you and i always say to them exactly that it's actually quite life-affirming it's not as intense as obviously some episodes are there's no getting away from it but some episodes are, are silly and funny but people are just so afraid of it and they just panic and just think oh, if I listen to that, am I going to die? And then I'm like, yeah, yeah you will anyway. <laughs> Sorry to break, spoiler alert, but you're going, we're all going to. Yeah. So yeah, and um, I think, yeah, that's why, the reason I chose to talk to comedians, and I sometimes have branched out to like writers and producers and stuff, but it mainly is talking to people who aren't going to be too depressing, you yeah. know, because obviously that you don't, I don't want a depressing show. You want to have an hour where you feel at the end of it, you've talked about death, you've investigated a heavy topic, but you know, you're feeling like, you're still feeling mentally well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my intention, to have a show that could tackle it but still be light and still, yeah, be approachable, I guess. How, how, how nerve-wracking is it going into it? Because obviously you're being given the keys to something really yeah, important. Yeah, really precious, right? and yeah. I, I loved the Adam Buxton episode because that was mm. quite soon after. Yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes it's people who've lost, like... Uh, Jade Adams and her sister yeah, when she was young. So sometimes it's people who've oh, sat with so. it for a long time, but sometimes it's people who it's quite new. So is there kind of extra nerves there of yeah, there's definitely... being in the right environment for them, I guess? Yeah, I call them like fresh out the box. Yeah. <laughs> like when they're like, fresh you know, the they, yeah, they, they sort of sit down in front of me and they say, there was a guy called Gary Andrews who right. does this doodler day. His wife died um, of sepsis and um, he does these amazing doodles about him and his two kids and that surviving. Yes, and he them. sat down opposite me and I never asked the guest anything beforehand. I try and like keep it very clear. So I yeah. said to him, oh, you know, when did it happen? He was like eight months ago. And that was one of a big like, whoa, should we be talking? Are you okay? Yeah. Like, should we be doing this? So I do feel very, very privileged that they are opening up t- to me in that way. But I guess the thing that hopefully comes across is that because my dad died 20 years ago, yeah. I feel like I can sort of relate to them at any point. So if they're like 20 years, 15, 10, yeah. 6, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I was fresh, it might be harder. But yeah. so I'm sort of like, as I say, like I'm in the club. I got here a long time ago. I put the nibbles out a long time ago. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so I feel like you do have to be really conscious of where people are at and like what their mental state is. The episode with Ashling was really interesting because yes. she came in and because we're, we're friends, you know, she yeah. said to me there and then, I don't want to do this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, and I said, you don't have to, but she was like, no, let's do it in that tone yeah. of someone who doesn't, you know, when you feel like you don't want to talk about how do yeah. you talk about it. So yeah, you just try and... I just try and go with whatever the guest wants. Like, however deep they want to go into it, we go there. And if they don't, they just want to talk around the, the sort of narrative, fine. If they want to get into the real guts of what happened, we'll do, we'll do it. But I don't push. It's, I try it's not to push. It's such a fascinating dynamic because one of the annoyances on some podcasts is when the host always wants to, to bring it back to, to them <laughs> or tell their story. I try not but, to. I really well, no, try no, not to. your podcast, there's points where I'm like, I, I need you. It's exciting because, as you said, because you've got all of those points, you've been yeah, yeah. newly bereaved, you've been the middle point where you're feeling guilty that you're not as sad as yeah, you maybe think yeah. you should be, and you've been the further on where you're more at peace with it. So it's so good. I think kind of the key to how Griefcast works is that you can say, look, here's how here's I where felt I at am, that yeah, point, yeah. rather than some podcast where it's like, you're just bringing on anecdotes of yourself because you want to talk about yourself. It's kind of, yeah. it helps them I hope so. have someone to talk to. And I think that's a yeah. really key part of it. I hope so. The, the funny thing that happens sometimes is when they don't know my story and they're like, oh, so how long ago was, was your dad? And I say 20 years. And they give me this look of like, oh my God, am I going to be talking about this in 20 years? Like They're like, shit. <laughs> oh, and I stop going, don't worry, you, you might not. You know, my brother isn't. You know, you might not make a podcast about it. It's okay. Yeah. I just happen to be very interested in it. But um, yeah, I try not to bring it back to my story all the time. But obviously that's... It's when it helps. That's, it's when it, yeah, when it helps. When they can help relate to what they're talking about. And often, you know, they talk about things and it'll be something I've forgotten because it's yeah. been so long. There's so many memories and they'll say something and I'll be like, oh yeah, I had that 15 years. I'd forgotten that. Like, yeah. So it's quite therapeutic for me as well. Um, so, for, so for a new listener, yes. Carrie, that's, that's not listening to Griefcast before. Because this is a weird question because we normally ask what kind of your favourite <laughs> episode is or an episode you reckon. But it's kind of asking, who's your favourite death? Well, I have, who, it, yeah, who, I know. I what's have... the best dead person? But I guess, yeah, one yeah. that's a good introduction. Yeah, because yes. there's no sort of, each episode is standalone, right? Yes, yeah, you don't have to listen to them in order, although you will probably hear me getting better if you go from the beginning to the So would you one. recommend it like an episode as a good starting point? Yeah, so it's funny, actually. The one you, it's actually my first episode, but I always recommend Adam Buxton's episode as a gateway episode. And I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I think the good thing about Adams is um, he's very funny all the time and he's very wants to be funny. Yeah. And so when people say to me, oh, I'm going to be sad, I don't want to listen to it, I get a lot of people saying, my beloved, you know, dad or brother or mum has just died, what shall I listen to? And I think Adams is a really good one because you hopefully won't come away from it feeling like too upset because his dad got to a you know a fairly good age he died at home with Adam and they had a good relationship and that's actually quite rare out of 82 yeah. episodes yeah. so I always say like that one is uh yeah a good starting point and also I think the Robert that's a wonderful episode though. yeah it's yeah. lovely and the Robert Puppet episode yes. he talks about his grandma and again it's I think it's a really wonderful mix of like heartbreaking sadness of how much he loves and misses her and Robert being hilarious about his grandmother. So it's definitely, you don't come away from it feeling sure. too sad. I think those are good ones. And then there's more, people often write to me with like requests, like, you know, my sister's just died. What sibling ones have you got? My partner's just died. So wow. sometimes people just want to hear ones that they can really relate to. So yeah, yeah. You, you sometimes have to search. It becomes, it's become quite a strange responsibility then, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like a resource. For, for people who've, yeah. who've, who are going through 
unimaginable times. Yeah, I get a lot of emails. Yeah. How do you, how do, yeah. you do with her? Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I just, I can't reply to them all. And I used to. And then it just, it's become just overwhelming. Yeah. Not, not because anything they write, because it's just, there's too many. Too many. Of so um, what I really love is the Twitter. Um, and I'm not, I don't love Twitter particularly, but the grief class Twitter is like a beautiful, beautiful place. So what will happen is a griefster, as we call them, will tweet me and they'll be like, oh, it's my mum's anniversary tomorrow, four years in. I've no idea what to do. Can you retweet? And then I'll just retweet. Like, any ideas, griefsters? And then honest, like, people just pile in with love and support that people are offering to call people like I'll be there where are you I'll meet you for a cup of tea this is what we did this is what we did and it's like a really just a great community and you know I've had people say my child has just died and I I don't know what like I've got another child does anyone have any can you ask the Twitter for a book recommendation wow. stuff you go how can you google that and find yeah. a, an easy answer so yeah. then I can just go to the Twitter and have charities who work with bereaved children charities that work with bereaved pet. like you know it's just such a wonder to feel helpful with yeah. grief is incredible because you don't often feel you know it feels so useless you feel so helpless so to be able to say to people there's all these people who want to help you and they've all been in your position that I find that really amazing so yeah, that's yeah a positive thing What's coming up next? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got Griefcast Live tonight, but mm-hmm. time this comes out, you won't be able to buy tickets. Uh, we've got Griefcast Live at the, I think, I'm sure I can say this, hopefully at the podcast festival in Excellent. London. Yep. Um, yeah, then I did, a, I did one in Sweden this year, so who knows? Maybe can go and talk to Swedish people are worse than us. Really? Talking about death. Could, didn't think it was possible. Do not, they don't even talk about it. They don't have a word. You know, we might say, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. They don't even have a phrase. They have like an ancient phrase, which means like, it's like Kurblegun or something. And it means like, my sorrow passes to you. Wow. But all the Swedish people said, you wouldn't even say it. It would be like saying, my deepest condolences, my tragical sorrow passes to you at this moment. Like you'd be like, a bit weird. All right. <laughs> so they don't even have a phrase. And I was like, maybe just take, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's, yeah. have it have it so um, yeah Grief Us Live Ostentatious and yeah lots lots of other writing things and acting things the usual spinning as many plates as I can fantastic thank you thank you oh that was great brilliant chat with uh, Carrie Ad I was gutted I wasn't there for that one I was, I was looking forward to chatting to Carrie Ad but it was great to have Pip involved classic Pippi yeah he sort of went into full interview mode at the yep. beginning there didn't he absolutely Scroobish Pippi was like this podcast we've got to keep it nice and short and sharp uh, we want it to be a little magazine show and then the minute the microphone was put in front of him and Carrie sat down that was it he yeah. went straight into interview mode <laughs> when I was listening to that I was, I was imagining you thinking can we get this back on track <laughs> But, I mean, I'm sure nobody will be complaining about having to listen to more from Carriad. So Absolutely. Thank you, Absolutely. Carriad. And she will be back on a future episode to uh, talk about podcasts that she loves. Absolutely. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to head over now to our friends at Acast for a little news roundup. Thank you very much to Acast. And now we have our first recommendation of the week. And this one is coming from Al from the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Al presents that with JK and they will both be back on another occasion to talk about that show. Uh, But for now, we just have Al talking about one of his favourite shows. We are here with Al from Don't Tell Your Mum. And Al, tell us a podcast that you enjoy listening to. I don't know whether this is going to give an insight into my dark mind. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You didn't say there are any limits here. Um, The one podcast I'm really into is from Those Conspiracy Guys. Okay. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> the episodes are like five hours long. <laughs> so you've got to like be really committed or just, you know, listen to it over a, a 
three month period or something. <laughs> but I'm just really into the conspiracy theories, and there's no they don't hold back. Like they just say whatever they need to say on these conspiracy theories. It's absolutely brilliant, and I'm pretty sure because I listen to this podcast. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'll start with the story. <laughs> there's a conspiracy theory about Black Hawk helicopters from the government who mm. follow people. Right? Okay. <laughs> so I was in my. I came out of my house, heard this noise, came out, and over my house, I swear, absolute truth, was a Black Hawk helicopter, fully armored, like it had like machine guns, rocket launchers, absolutely everything, like something out of the movies. You've been watching too much Blue Thunder. I, I promise this. Ha- I promise this actually happened. Oh, how? Where do you live? Yeah. <laughs> Tunbridge Wells! Small suburb, <laughs> Royal Tunbridge Wells. This is what was so weird. It was hovering above my house. And then as I came out of the house, it obviously saw me. And then it shot, shot Probably up. a reflection of your tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> <laughs> the antenna. There it is. And then they shot Joe off. Wicks, Baco <laughs> but, but I'm pretty sure it's because I start, I'm listening to these conspiracy theories and, and just sort of buying into some of them. Right. <laughs> so as a podcast, is it... A balanced view on it. Yeah, yeah. So what they do is they kind of share what the conspiracy theories are. Right. They haven't made these theories. They just research them. And then yeah. they put. And at the end, each of them have to get off the fence and kind of say what they right. think either way. So, yeah, they kind of just say, this is what the theory is. Do you buy it or not? Wow. And I'm like, yeah. To be fair, he sold it to me. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. One of the, so It's really good. There's a two-hour okay. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really it's good. good. You need to listen to it. Stop grabbing them by the scruff of the neck. It's really good. <laughs> There's an episode on 9-11, which I know, like, there's a lot of emotion yeah. surrounding that. And they, they, they do it really respectfully. Um, but it's a fascinating episode. Can you remember how you discovered it? Was it on some forum? The deep dark web. <laughs> Someone was shouting out of a black hole through a tannoy. <laughs> yeah. Listen now, listen now, or we will kill you. I, I'm telling you, that really happened. Um, well, the cat gets it. <laughs> I I don't know. I think I just I just searched conspiracy theories and they came up. But they start. They were quite small. They're they're pretty big now. Nice. So would would there be a specific one that you would you would point people in the direction as you would the nine eleven one be a really good? I'd start there just because it's so much shorter yeah. than the others. But there's stuff around um, Area Fifty One. Yeah, there's stuff around Princess Diana. There's stuff around the royal family. There's they did one on Madeleine McCann. So loads of like kind of big all the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and they do they you can get quite niche and nerdy with it as well if you want. Fantastic, brilliant. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I was expecting that. No, it's good. That's I'm good. Black hole. I swear. I swear. I swear. One hundred. Was there a theme tune in the background? You're taking the piss. That's insane. I've never seen one anywhere. Let alone hovering. I literally live in like a a quiet suburb town. I live just opposite a valley, and in the valley is a school which I used to work at. And it came over the valley, and my house was literally there. I reckon I could have thrown a stone and hit it. It was that close. And then, it, and then it just stood there, and then it just went up the road. Literally, literally unbelievable, that is. <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. I literally don't believe it. Thank you very much, Al, from Don't Tell Your Mum. That was good fun, that was. That was so funny. That was one of the ones that, yeah, I was worried that we were going to be peeking out on, our, on the levels with the amount of laughter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to listeners getting to hear uh, the other bits and pieces that we recorded with uh, Al and JK because that was, that was a lot of fun. It really was. Thank you, Al. 
What's coming up next, Adam? We have our final recommendation of the week, and this one is with Laura Kirk, who is one half of the very popular sort of teenage diary podcast, Berkhamstead Revisited, and she's going to be talking about one of her favourite podcasts. Coming up now, we've got Laura Kirk from Berkhamstead Revisited with her recommendation. Uh, So this podcast is called Set Meals, and... It's really interesting because I, I'm inherently not interested in food, but this is a podcast about food. And it's by um, Radius Karnoff. And it basically, I'd say it's a food podcast, but without the foodie pretentiousness. Um, so the two hosts, Sam and Taylor, there's kind of two sections to it. The first is a kind of news section, sort of foodie news, but the type of news that you or I would have would have seen. It's not, you know, some niche restaurant is doing a pop-up somewhere that you've never heard of. It's kind of, you know, McDonald's have, have released a new campaign about mental health like what do we think about that and then the second half is that they review a restaurant it's just it's put together brilliantly there's lots of kind of little editing bits and clips and things that just makes it a really interesting listen um just kind of for that half an hour but it's just it's a good example of i as i said i'm not interested in food but i love it because it it takes the kind of pretentiousness out it gives me a little bit of passive research into food like i don't have to do anything they just tell me about it It, it's humorous and it just it makes kind of going to restaurants and things feel more human so they review things like what the you know what the menu is like like the you know the joy of having a plastic menu that kind of thing and I think just for like a, a relaxing listen to have on when I'm like pottering around at home it's it's just brilliant and again it's, it's not a subject I would have been interested in had I not known that it's, it's a very kind of accessible way of looking at food mm. that makes sense. We normally ask uh, people uh, recommending to tell us where they discovered that but I guess it's on the same network <laughs> as your own podcast it is, so, yeah. so uh, that doesn't it, doesn't necessarily mean I'll listen to it. Um, but, you know, I think when you see people putting in the effort of, you know, the first episode they go to um, KFC and they do a behind the, t- behind the scenes tour of how they make the chicken. Mm. Um, and I just thought that sounds fascinating. Like, why wouldn't I want to listen to that? Yeah, yeah it's a scary. I listened to that and I was thinking, is this going to put me off KFC? I, so I listened to that when I was in the car driving down to Cornwall. And I was just like, we need to find a service station with a KFC. Yeah. I don't care if it's 25 <laughs> miles away and we, we're running out of petrol. I want a KFC. Yeah. So it could, but you know, in the most recent one, um, I think Sam was in Turkey and sort of delighting in experimenting with the McDonald's menu. You know, they've got the kind of regional um, mm. stuff. So just testing out the kind of the new wrap and just, I think he called it a, a sort of gritty, salty hash brown flavour, which isn't that very nice. But, you know, just being able to hear people kind of really you can hear the background you can hear the server it's just it's really well put together and it's just, it's just a delight to listen to it sounds to me like sam taylor have now just got an excuse to go anywhere and try anything because it's all research for the podcast oh, absolutely like a, yeah, yeah pretty good job to have <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much laura and thank you for listening because this is the end of the podcast before we go we should remind you that we're on the social media platforms which ones twitter Facebook, Instagram. And we have a website. Podbiblemag.com. You're saying it like a robot. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> if you go over to the website, you can read all the previous copies of Pod Bible uh, digitally. You can read them on your on your screen. Uh, or you can also order the print copies. Uh, you can read the blog. Um, go over there and have a look because there's plenty of content to get stuck into. And do you want to do the last bit in the big movie voice? Oh, this is possibly my favourite bit of the whole podcast. Go for it. Pod Bible Podcast is delighted to be brought to you by Audible. Yeah. That's the best you've done it. We'll be back next week for more podcast chat. See you then. Bye.